Welcome to the Intentional House Podcast. Here, it's all about creating beautiful homes that actually help families love better. Here's your host, the home coach herself, Carly Thornock. Hey homies, it's Carly. So glad that you're here. This is the official podcast of Intentional House, where we dance about the very concept of making our homes into places we crave and subliminal messaging our kids into thinking the same. Har har. <laughs> Here's our life update for the week. We are taking our RV, our camper trailer, out on an epic October trip along the West Coast. Super excited. We are on day one. We got here yesterday to Pyramid Lake in Nevada, and we were here all day, and it's been so fun. My kids just love being outside. They thrive here. And it's always great to be in our trailer. I, I thrive I'm in the trailer. <laughs> no, we love the outside. Um, my four-year-old can skip rocks like a boss. I'm out here throwing rocks with my kids earlier today. Um, and, you know, like, I, I have game when it comes to skipping rocks. But from behind me, my four-year-old just, like, rocks a spinner. And it skips 1,200 times. And he's like, hey, that was pretty good, Mom, huh? Yeah, yeah, buddy. That's pretty good. <laughs> He's so funny, too, when he, like, lobs the things because he just does it so nonchalantly. Like, I kind of have to, like, get down and look like kind of an old fogey and I'm trying to, like, figure out my spin, working really hard at it. But he just, like, kind of, like, tosses them whichever way it goes. <laughs> He's really good. So that's been fun. So we've only officially forgotten about eight things since we left the other day, yesterday, which is good. <laughs> I feel like that's pretty good. Most notably, my swimming suit. Most notably to me, uh, which for many probably wouldn't be high on the list of October travel essentials. But as you know, us Thornox like to take cold dips in local bodies of water. So maybe it was like a Freudian slip. Maybe, maybe it was like, whoops, can't come in the lake with you today, boys. Don't have my swimming suit. <laughs> But actually, I wish I could have gone on the lake with them today. They looked like they had a lot of fun. And we just know how much it helps our bodies. So we are into the cold for sure. And if you are feeling brave, come do some cold. Do some do 30 seconds of cold at the end of your shower and be amazed by how much better you feel, how much more clearly you can think, how your energy gets channeled. It's pretty awesome. Today's little lifesaver comes from a beautiful mama, Jasmine. I'm so happy to get this recommendation because I think this is something that actually I have used in the past and I should use again because it's genius. She loves her plastic pan scrapers. And here's what she says. She says you can find these on Amazon and she rotates between the colors depending on her mood. And what she can find, what's in, within reach, isn't that the truth from every mom? She's so glad her sister sent them to me all those years ago. Sent them to her all those years ago and she had her second baby. It's like a perfect gift for a mom. So these are perfect for dr getting like dried food and gunk off of pans, but then also off the floor. She says she uses them on the floor. Don't you find like the most random sticky lumpy stuff stuck to your floors and like what even is this but if you have a plastic scraper it won't scrape your hardwoods it won't hurt your tile you can just pop right over get it off i think it was genius so hallelujah this is amazing thank you for sharing jasmine 
what's been your little lifesaver, send an email to carly at intentionalhouse.com to share with us all the things that have made your life better. We would love to hear. I would love to feature them. We all need, we all need a little spot of sunshine to lift each other up in the trenches of real mama life, right? We're not alone out there. So today, you guys, we're going to talk about something that I feel like is really important. And this came up in a client session this last week, and it's actually come up a lot of times with clients. So I think it's really pertinent to share. And I felt this way too at some, at some point. So let's chat about talking ourselves out of wanting things. And this can be wanting nice things or just like even wanting the things that are kind of necessary for our life. For me, I used to do this, especially when my husband got sick and I told myself all these stories about how what I want didn't matter because I just kind of had to shove it and like be the hero, be the martyr. (laughs) It's really kind of what it turned into. And my client was doing the same thing, uh, just like shopping, just shopping for her house, but also shopping for clothing, finding ways to like talk herself out of what she needed, saying it was too expensive. And then, and then here's what we do. It's like the most fascinating thing when we have a want that's a deep want or a need that's a legitimate need. And granted, like we understand Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We understand that like things can be considered needs, even if they're not like food and one item of clothing, right? (laughs) Like you can have, you can need something to make your work more efficient, or you can need something in order to grow in a way that you really value. So we're, we all understand this. And this is important to actually talk about because we can get to the point as moms where we're like, if I can survive without it, then I don't need it. If I can survive without friends, then I don't need friends. If I can survive without sleep, then I don't need sleep. If I can survive on 700 calories a day, then I should just be eating 700 calories a day. Like we kind of think that less is better. And just like more is not necessarily better just before the moreness of it. The same is true with less. Like if you have, if you don't have the things that you need, then it's not thriving. And this is why I love the idea of essentialism, where it's not about the number of things that you have. It's about having what you deem to be essential and nothing more. It's it's a hard place to get to because it requires different thinking. It requires us instead of asking, like, will somebody else think this is necessary? You have to ask yourself, do I think this is necessary? Is this something that I will use? Is this something that I value? based on whatever system you value things. For me, that is education. A lot of the time, I love learning new things. I hugely value being trained by people who are skilled, who have this energy that I'm looking for in a mentor and a teacher. And to other people, they might think that that's a waste of money. But to me, it is one of my essential top priorities. So just consider that like, Wanting and needing, I'm going to use these words kind of interchangeably for the rest of today's discussion, but just understand that that's just up to you. And just because it is a want in order to perform how you want, you want to perform in order to optimally function, it becomes a need toward that end. Okay. So my friend, my client, she was talking herself out of wanting, like we all have done this. She was 
kiboshing her dreams literally before they were even half conceived. She was telling me how she was in Target. She needed a certain outfit, a certain shirt, something that she was going for to present in her career. And she thought, oh, that's going to be too expensive. So she ended up getting a couple of other cheaper shirts that she didn't really need, that didn't fulfill the purpose she was going for. And the reason she did it was she was talking herself out of it in the store of like, I don't want to have to talk to my husband about this. I don't want to have to um, have the hard conversation. I don't really need it. We should be spending our money on other things. Like just a lot of um, space, like don't take up space kind of conversations with herself. And she didn't talk to her husband about it. And so she didn't even understand if he would have thought that, if he thought it was a waste of time or money or space or whatever. Like this was all going on in her mind. And most of the time, for most of us, that's exactly what it is. Sometimes we have husbands that don't like us to spend money. Sometimes we have husbands with preferences. Does anybody have a human husband? They have preferences. That's great. That's why we married them because we care about their preferences. But when it comes to determining your needs and your wants and your preferences, that's a job that only you can do. Your husband can't tell you how you want to show up in your career. It's just not his decision to make. It's not his wheelhouse. It's not his, he's not you. You're the one that has to do the work to decide who you want to be and what's going to be helpful in getting you to that place. So with my client, we started out talking about a chair not being functional or comfortable. And she discovered that she's been making do with lots of things, the shirt included, out of obligation and guilt and this feeling of deep disappointment in advance, right? And isn't that so powerful that sometimes when we're considering the idea that maybe our dreams will not come to pass right away, like it feels disappointing. A lot of times when I think about my business and I own the big goals that I have for Intentional House, and I know that I'm not there right this very second, but I know that I'm on my way and the universe is conspiring for me and it's as good as done. Just stay the path, keep doing my goals, keep doing the things that I deem, I deem important, getting the help that I need and I'll absolutely get there. But it's easy if we aren't careful to listen to our brains and be disappointed when our brains offer it to us like, no, it could never happen for me. And then we feel this disappointment before we've even tried. It's not like we put our all in. It's not like I've gone all into my business for 20 years and I didn't reach my goal, my 20-year goal, and then I'm disappointed. It's like, oh no, we're one year in still and I haven't reached my 20-year goal and so I'm just going to give up because I'm feeling disappointed ahead of time. And I don't even come close to meeting my goal because I stopped trying. This is something that is so frequently happening with my soul-filled, extremely loving, deep-feeling clients. They love and they see all the needs around them. So they try to play small and take up very little resources. And they just try to make things work. And not in a like... DIY, love to reuse, recycle, like to get things at the antique store and and recreate them into what they want, like using them new. This is like a make it work moment that doesn't feel inspiring. The thought is I have to make this work because I don't have a choice instead of I'm choosing to make this work because it feels inspiring to me. 
But what ends up happening when we stuff our emotions, like genuinely wanting a chair that's comfortable or genuinely wanting a beautiful powder bathroom wallpaper, uh, and we, we like feel that desire inside of us start to bubble up, but then we just stuff it down. Like I can't want nice things. That's way too expensive. And we carry onward with an iron resolve to not care. That's called dissociating. It's completely ignoring our desires. I feel like desires were put in us to help lead us along our life's mission path. So when we're stuffing the things that come up as desires, like rich desires, ones that we agree with, ones that we value, then we're not doing anybody any favors. When we're dissociating, we're connecting from ourselves in a way that will eventually lead to our own wants and needs communication. That whole system, the system where your body like alerts you to passion, you know, like where you see something that you love or you think is beautiful or is meaningful to you. And you're like, Oh, I love that. If you don't listen to that, I don't think you need to act on it. But if you just don't even listen to it, if you don't allow yourself to feel that way, that's that communication system is going to shut down. It's going to stop telling you things. This is like what happens if we stop listening to our hunger signals. Not that we have to eat every time we're hungry, but if we tell our body, you don't know, you're not hungry, shut up, sit in the corner, then it will. And then all of a sudden we're confused why we're overeating because we don't have any satiation signals. (laughs) The same is true with our wanters. If our wanters go offline, it's probably because we haven't been listening to them. Now, Let's talk about the difference between listening to our wanters and then having to obey them. Our wanters are going to ping a lot more than we choose to execute. So when I go to West Elm, my wanter is like, ding, 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 ding. I love everything here. But one of the most fabulous tools that I've ever learned, and this is a great tool to have in your back pocket when you're going to the grocery store with little children, is understanding that just because a wanter pings, that does not mean that you need to purchase. So for instance, if you're at the grocery store with your children, their wanter is going off like crazy, little like a Christmas tree. They want everything. They want to touch it. They want to hold it. They want to buy it. They want to bring it home. And every time a kid, any kid, 10 and under tells you, Hey mom, can I have, mom can have this candy. Mom can have this. All they're saying to you is look at this mom. Isn't this cool? My wanter has spoken to me. They're just um, honoring their desires and for you to honor them and their desires too. So what honoring that looks like is they grab the Kit Kat. They say, mom, look, it's a Kit Kat. Can I have it? This looks so good. And they bring it over to the cart and they show it to you up close in your face while you're trying to read your list. And all you need to say to honor them is that looks delicious. You're right. Wow. Yum. Love it. And then just keep doing what you're doing. They aren't asking you to bring home all the things that they're wanting. They know you won't. You don't, right? Like every time your kid wants something, you don't buy it for them. Usually, right? (laughs) Hopefully not. This is the same when our wanters go off. We just need to treat our brains like little children. But it's so important, especially with our kids, that they want things, that they understand that part of themselves, that like they want to create, they want to experience, that they have passion. Like, that's great. I love it when my kids tell me about all the things they want. 
I tell them about all the things that I want. And then we just daydream together for a little while. That's totally fine. And they aren't upset. They aren't upset to put back the candy bar. They just wanted to acknowledge that it looked good. And if they really wanted it, they could bring their money and buy it. But I don't buy it for them. And they aren't offended by that. They just want to show me what it is that they're wanting. So listen to your brain when it wants things. Like It's like your brain's being like, Hey, Susie. Hey, Karen. Hey, Janice. <laughs> Look at those pillows. Oh, those pillows would be so fabulous in your room. Oh, can you imagine how soft they'd be? Just feel how soft this fabric is. Isn't this fabric luxurious? Wow. So you can say this to your little brain. Be like, oh my goodness, it is. I would love that pillow too. Oh, can you imagine? You just, I just sleep for hours. Mm, hours of sleep. What would that be like? Wow. And then you move on, right? You don't have to get caught up in this cycle of if I want something, then I'll have to buy it and then I'll spend all of my money and I'm going to be out of control. You won't be. You're in control. You're an adult, but you just have a little part of your brain that wants and that desires. And that's so good because the next time you're shopping for pillows, the wanter's going to be like, oh, remember that one pillow? You should get that pillow. If you're in the market for a pillow, we know what you should get. We have a fully fleshed out line of wanters for pillows, right? And if you allow yourself this desire and these moments, then they don't cloud up your RAM, your like brain memory, because they can just come and go. Like you're not so focused on shutting them down right when they peep their little noses in the room. They just can, can kind of do their thing and come and go and like clouds passing in the sky. When you learn to meditate, you learn that thoughts are not good or bad. They just are. And if you have a thought, that's not bad. But as soon as you cognizantly realize that you're thinking, then just redirect your thoughts to your mantra, to your breath, whatever it is that you're focusing on, because the goal is to manage your mind. So the same is true here, where just because a thought pops in doesn't mean that you're bad. It doesn't mean that something's gone wrong. It just means that you're having a thought and then you can redirect to what it is you're focusing on, whatever you're doing without any animosity, anger, or frustration. So when we force a situation to be fine, when we carry onward with that iron resolve to not care and we dissociate, when we force the situation to be fine, I'm fine. We end up not being fine. It leads to all sorts of disease and distress and emotional numbness down the road. But maybe you've done this. Maybe you've done this like I have. And maybe you've thought some variation of like, oh, that's never going to happen. Why would I waste my time imagining that that could ever be true for me? I could never have something that nice, that expensive, that beautiful. I've got to be realistic. My husband will never approve. It would take way too much energy to make this happen. Is completely out of my reach. Inevitably, these thought choices lead us to experience first not being real with ourselves, which is the very definition of being real realistic. Like, let's be real. Let's be realistic. What do you actually want? What's really happening to you really actually instead of faking it? Uh, you never actually have the things that you consider to be nice because you never allow yourself like the first framework of creating it in your mind and <laughs> wanting it. You end up spending all of your energy avoiding your desires. No wonder you're exhausted. No wonder 
creating the reality of your desires is so tiring because you've been battling your brain and you never have the hard conversations that would allow your husbands to see you for your true desires. If you aren't willing to go to bat for yourself and stand up for yourself and take up space in your relationship, in your marriage, in your home, in your family, that space is going to be filled by something else. Either you make the choices about your time and your resources to serve you and your family, or they will be taken. Like your time and your resources will be taken by other things. Nobody ever has just like $300 laying around. They just don't know what to do with. And I don't think that they really should. Like you should have priorities. You should have desires. You sh- you know, oh, should is a swear word. We don't say should, but like you are allowed to, if you want to. So you guys, this is so important. Listen up. Honoring your dreams is imperative to realizing your ultimate health and your happiness. It's imperative. You have to listen to your wanter. And that might mean, like, not mean running out and, like, buying 10 mansions and a Lambo or whatever feels expensive and crazy to you. Just because, like, I want it. I just wanted it, so I got to buy it. Like, no. We just talked about this. You know what that means. It just means, like, listening to your heart and actually hearing it. And... Oftentimes when we, our heart expresses something, it'll, the desire will kind of fade away. It just, the desire was just there to be honored in an emotional way. And we don't, it won't even be substantial enough. It won't be long lasting enough to stick around, to be acted upon. This happens to me all the time at like those, those like discount Ross, TJ Maxx kind of stores where you can get name brands for cheap prices. I love these kind of stores. I love the hunt. I love the bargain. I love the, just all of it. But when I go there, it's easy for me to be like, oh, I like that. I should buy it. I like that. I should buy it. I filled my car with all these things. And then in the end, like, I just liked looking at it for a minute and I like get to the point where I need to make decisions and I'm like, oh no, I don't really want that. I just want to like hold it for a minute. So the same is true for you. Like, the same is true for your kids. Yeah, you can hold that random straw thing you found at the grocery store. You can hold it for the whole 15 minutes that we're shopping. We're not going to take it home with us. Of course you can hold it. You're like, great. Same, same goes for you. So when you hold that desiring part of your soul tenderly, and if you find that a Lambo's there, like, get it, my friend, like, do it. Work toward that. Live your dream. And if instead of like a Lambo, you find just a beautiful, cozy, nursing friendly rocker chair, honor that too. Like, (laughs) I'm sure that when I said, if you find that you just want five mansions and a Lambo, I bet you like snorted in your car and you're like, I don't even want 10 mansions and a Lambo. All I want is a Le Creuset Dutch oven. All I want is, and you have the thing, right? It was a Bosch mixer. All I want is a 5,000 count, thread count sheet set. Like, whatever it is, you're not dumb for wanting it. And it's not a dumb thing. And the reason it's not a dumb thing is because it comes from you. And if that's what you want, figure out a way to make it happen. 
get a paper out. <laughs> I'm reading my kids Henry Huggins, uh, the Beverly Cleary series, and they're just loving it. They're loving hearing about paper, newspapers. I had to explain to them what a newspaper was. <laughs> uh, but they just love the idea of paper routes. So, you know, like there's just little ways. There's ways for sure for us all to get what we want. Talk to your husband, put, figure out a budget that works for you. Uh, and understand that if you're living life with a man, because you decided mutually to get married and share your life together, then you don't have to, I want to be careful with how I say this, but I, you don't have to ask permission to take up space in your own life. You don't have to ask permission if you're a stay at home mom to buy the things that you need with the money that you are both earning from choosing to divide and conquer the roles, right? Like you, I'm sure you come up with a budget together and, you know, want to be respectful of the things that you decide with your budget together. But so often I talk to so many women who feel like they have to ask permission because they don't have any of their own money. It's like asking your dad for money. It's like, no, no, my friends, you have a husband, you have an equal partner in the world and you make joint decisions together, but no one's in charge. I feel passionate about this. This is an, this is a conversation for another day. Okay. So maybe you decide with these desires that you have that you don't want to prioritize them right now because you have other desires that trump them. For instance, Oh, let's see. One of my desires at this very moment is like a cute minimalist ring. I think that'd be so fun to buy. But right now, it's not a priority. Like I have other priorities that I would like to spend my money on, namely building my house. And even though like a $30 ring, however much it is, 50 bucks, would be fun. It's just... Like maybe at Christmas. I don't know. I just don't need it right now. I don't prioritize it. I don't. I'm choosing to not. And it feels really good to me. But I'm, I can tell that I want it and I can feel that in myself and it doesn't hurt my feelings. I don't feel like I'm shoving it. I don't think I'm like, I just can't have nice things. I could never get that if I even wanted it. It's like, no, I want it later. Right? So the difference is from, I don't even want that. It doesn't matter to, I want that later. I want something else more. Okay. So that's totally fine when you make decisions from a place of complete awareness and intentionality. Choose whatever you want, but just understand it's a choice. So not allowing yourself to dream, however, is destructive and it's destructive to you. It's destructive to your relationships. And hear this. We all want our kids to grow up, to live their life missions with all the gusto and fervor and passion of their souls, right? Like when you think about your kids and you think about them going to college or getting married or doing that thing that they were made to do and they're doing it proficiently with a lot of love and fulfilling the purpose of their creation. How are they ever going to learn how to do that? If you, their mom, their number one influencer is running a constant thought track on repeat of dreams aren't realistic. There's no room for desiring. This does not set them up for the kind of success that you hope for them. How are they going to learn to truly love if we don't allow them to make room for the people in their lives like you, their mother? And instead we just flatten ourselves against the wall 
like Emperor's New Groove dude, Crunk. And we just give them all the space in the room to aimlessly twirl around. And we just try to be small and take up as little space as possible so that they can spread their wings and fly. Like, that's not, that's not realistic. If you want to be in loving, two-way, fully vulnerable, amazing, wholehearted relationships, you both take up space. And you're both in charge of your own emotions and your own health and your own happiness. And then the only reason that you are together is because you want to, because you think it's fun and you feel like you can grow bigger, bolder, quicker because of another person in your life. Right? It's time we honor our wants and our dreams as women, as moms and as leaders in our families. And it, you guys, this might feel uncomfortable. It might feel awful. It might even feel like, quote, quote, selfish. But dreaming with loving passion is one of the greatest gifts we can give to our children, to ourselves, to our marriages, and to the world. This concept, you guys, learning to commit to your dreams, learning how to dream, if this is something that you've kind of numbed out with, that you don't quite understand what that means to dream like that feels so foreign if it feels foreign in your body that's okay but i know you're going to love my full training on this inside of the home love lab let me tell you about the home love lab this is my new program it is open i'm so so excited so thrilled to announce you can sign up for it today on my website these kind of, this dreaming speaks to you. If you want to understand how to do this, I want you part of the Home Love Lab. What we do in the Home Love Lab is, yes, I totally teach you all of my intentional house design secrets. I will go through and teach you how to create a grand master plan and all the things you need to keep in mind when you're designing your house so that you actually like it, so that you love it, so you can do what you need to do, be the kind of person you need to be in this home. All the like the super practical tips and tricks, they are all inside. But more than those housey practical tips, you need to understand how to love yourself. You need to understand how to love your spouse and how to love your kids deeply. And then from there, we design your house to fully support you. So at the time of this taping, it's October and the Home Love Lab just launched and a module will open every month. So this month is the intersection between home and family and why it matters so much. I call it Love Foundations. Next month, we'll dive into loving yourself and then your spouse and then your kids and then the full Monty of design tools will come as well and you'll have lifetime access. I know, I'm so excited. Lifetime access, an amazing Facebook Facebook group, weekly calls with me, live coaching calls, so that anything that comes up for you, you can ask about and I will walk you through it step by step personally. I want you to dream big and I want to be there to support you through all of the uncomfortable feelings that, that are going to come up when you start to dream big again. Here's what you need to do. Go to www.intentionalhouse.com, click on work with me, and then click learn more under Home Love Lab. And that's going to teach you everything you need to know. You can sign up today and let's set yourself up. Let's set up your home. Let's set up your heart so that you can feel like your house is the sanctuary you've always dreamed of, both for you and the other people living in it.
And if your house doesn't feel like a sanctuary yet, you're the exact right person for this program. I actually have a lot of people who will call me and we're talking on the phone and they're like, okay, well, as soon as I get everything together with my house, then I, then I'll call you. Then we can work together. And I like, and hitting myself in the head, like, no, this is the time to go to the doctor is not when you're sick, right? Like not when you're healthy. I'm sorry. Like the time to enroll in the home love lab is not like in some future date when you have it all together. (laughs) That's like, that's not the point. The point is for if you're struggling with this, if you're putting your house together, if you have children you want to love better, if you have a soul that you want to show up with more integrity for, <laughs> like this is this is you. Come on in. We'd love to have you. Um, and it, it's such, such a blast. So go check that out and get dreaming. And until next time, go make a mess. Do you just love this podcast? There's even more housey homey family goodness to explore over at intentionalhouse.com.